there are a lot of those um on like the ufc subreddit where it'll be fight begins like flying flying knee to the face oh fight's over uh yeah no the 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 one that i saw the only like again like i don't i don't go and watch that stuff usually so i never see it but the the big one again that that one at ufc 199 like we straight up thought the dude was dead um which is funny because i was explaining this to my sister-in-law and she was like what like she was horrified by it right which makes sense right like that is kind of horrifying but like in the moment with the adrenaline pumping you're like yo is that dude dead is that dude okay <laughs> like <laughs> Which you know, like I remember, I remember um, when uh, Stephen Piscotti got. Oh my god! Like when, when when you thought he was dead. When we when we thought he was dead. Do you remember that? Oh, I I remember it vividly. I was at the, ah, uh, God. Well, you know, it's funny I say that, and then immediately like I actually don't remember the setting. I remember I'll seeing tell you, him. I'll tell I remember you exactly. seeing him getting hit in the fucking face. Yeah. I know exactly who I where I was and who I was with because I was at Wrigley Field. Um, watching the Cubs play the Royals at Wrigley Field, <laughs> right behind home plate, because uh, because our friend Jimmy uh, is friends with some of the Royals, and so he got like friends and family tickets for us, sick. and it, from through uh, I think through Danny sick. Duffy, uh, which was it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it, he also said he'd sat in a lot of ballparks before, in a lot of those seats before, and Wrigley Field was the worst because you know. Uh, fuck the Cubs. Um, but <laughs> um, I, so we were, we were there with with Jimmy and uh, Tyler Nighthawk and Drumline from the Rockies subreddit, and like I think Nighthawk had the game on MLB TV on her phone and was just like keeping an eye on that game as well because it was a, it was a playoff race. Um, and then Peter Borges. It was Peter Borges, right? I think it was Peter Borges. I think Peter Borges collided into Stephen Piscotti, and Stephen Piscotti was just lying there motionless. It was like this. Stephen Piscotti dead? It was. It was terrifying. <laughs> like we're sitting here at a baseball game, huddled around one person's phone, watching a different baseball game because we're worried about a player on the team that we actually support. God. It was. Uh, I wanted to was at the Elks Lodge. And there was whatever event was going on and, you know, my, like my parents and my grandmother and, you know, that side of the family's in the, 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 the hall. And I am in the bar watching the game when he just gets fucking run into. Yeah, man. He was uh, totally knocked out. And welcome to this episode of Motion City Podcast. I am, as always, Naim Sneaky. Joining me, as always, is Jacob Walden. How's it going, Jake? Good, and also it's very hot outside. <laughs> it's it's hot. A lot of yeah, very hot. <laughs> uh, I uh, for some reason it was like it was like sixty degrees here today. We my, it's my sister in law's birthday, and we did like a social distance birthday thing. You know, we put like balloons on our car and and like drove by, and then we just like sat in a courtyard six feet apart whatever yes. um but um you know i was expecting it to be like really warm and it was like 65 degrees or whatever and then tomorrow's supposed to be like 90 so i don't understand 
Global Warming. What did you, what did you, uh, what did you end up getting her? If you, if you know I what I'm saying. I didn't end up getting her anything. <laughs> um, the only gift she got was from my mom. I'll probably get her something when stuff quiets down, but like everyone understands stuff is, you know, stuff is weird. Oh, yes. um, yeah, I, I never, I couldn't figure out what to get her. In fact, some for my dad, my dad's birthday was at the end of last month and his, like we all struggled with. Finally, I figured out what to get him. Uh, I got him, I replaced his old mic stand with a new mic stand because um, his old one was broken. I replaced his his foam windscreen on his on his microphone with a new foam windscreen because his old one was about 25 years old and just like oh my goodness. falling apart. Um, and I also, on top of replacing things, I also got him a like a cup holder for his mic stand uh, that he could put like a water bottle in. And then at the same time, so I got all that stuff. And then the cup holder on the cup holder box, there was like, it was like advertising, hey, here's a thing you can do that will, you can attach your phone to your mic stand. And I was like, oh, that would be great. He would love that because he, because he does a lot of like, he sings, but it's all mm-hmm. like, it's really karaoke. Um, so he like, he'll download karaoke tracks and he'll, and he'll sing over the karaoke tracks, but he runs it all off of his, not That's even fun. his current phone. He runs it all off of his old Samsung Galaxy S4, um, which is, you know, whatever. That's how he does it. Cool. Uh, for a while he was running it off of a, um, Kindle Fire HD seven inch. And then that like crapped out because it was a $50 tablet. Um, but, um, he said, you know, it'd be great as if like I, I gave him all the stuff on his birthday, uh, except for the the phone holder, and he's like he's just like oh this is all great you know it'd be great if I, if I get something for that for my phone. I was like yeah dad I bought you that too uh, it's in my closet I'm, I was gonna give it to you on Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like my mom's like you ruined the surprise and I was like no it's better this way because that would be then he'd be like oh you bought this because I asked for it but instead it's <laughs> no I bought it and then you asked for it and I just happened to have already bought it for you it's literally sitting in my closet waiting for me to give it to him on Father's Day so he knows he's getting that for Father's Day. <laughs> why didn't you just give it to him I asked him I said do you want it now and he said no wait till Father's Day I said okay cool that's, that's fine that's nice um so I like that story works well yeah, it works for me so so I was very I was very happy that he said I would have loved this because I was like great because I bought it for you <laughs> <laughs> Because like that's something that I knew. I'm like, this is something that like, because I, I had no idea that thing existed. And then I, um, it was literally, it was advertised on the box for the cup holder. And I was like, oh, this would be great. And then coincidentally, um, in fact, so um, I don't know. I don't know if you actually listened to any of the episodes you weren't on. But um, in the... Um, the real big fish one, uh, Joe and I talked about sellout, and one of the covers was from uh, Fernando Uf- Ufritzi, I think was his name, um, who seemed like he was a cool guy. Um, seemed like seemed like he like he did good stuff. And then I like so I watched a couple more of his videos, and one of them he had that on his mic stand, and I that was after I'd already bought, Fernando Ufret, um, and like I watched that video later. Uh, he was doing the same thing, like reading. He was, I think, he was doing the kind of thing that I would use it for, which was reading the um, like tabs on his phone while playing, uh, which is handy and, and nice. And I had no idea it existed until after I bought it. I bought it, and then I saw a video of him using it, and I was like, oh, it's like a what's that principle um, where like you hear about something three times Bader or whatever? Meinhof, I think. Yeah, the Bader Meinhof phenomenon. Bader Meinhof. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it's that one. 
that sounds that sounds right. Uh, so I was like, yeah, like I, I mean, that's not exactly what it was, but it was just like, how does this coming up the same like right after? Literally, it was like a day after I bought it, I watched a video. I was like, oh, he uses this too. Oh, that would be a hand use for. It. I even thought like that would be a hand use for it. Maybe I should buy one for myself. And then I was like, no, nah, I don't need to buy one for myself. I'll borrow my dad's if I ever like need it. But uh, but then I was like, ah, that's so weird that uh, <laughs> that it just happened to come up right afterwards. So, um. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this song. This song is called TKO. It is the second track on the album Panic Stations, which is the sixth LP from Motion City soundtrack. Um, I forget, Jake. You you were like a a casual fan when they were actually releasing music, right? You weren't like a big fan like you are now, right? Right. Yeah. So this was so I became a a big fan around the release of of Go. I think. Um, so this was the first and only album that like came out when I was a fan. Um, making moves. I remember. I think I was aware of the release of Go. Like, just I knew. Oh, they've got a new album out. Or like, oh, this yeah. is like I. I think I I heard it relatively close to release. And it yeah, was I like, think I did oh, as well. I, I, I'm fairly certain. Like, I was already a fan. I was already, I think, a pretty big fan when Go came out. But I wasn't like following like when's the album gonna come out? When's blah 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 blah? You know, like I just when it came out, I was like, oh, new album, awesome. Um, and like timelines became my ringtone immediately, and and I <laughs> might still be my ringtone. I think timelines <laughs> have been my ringtone for eight years. Um, I should probably change my ringtone at some point. Um. But um, I remember, like, I remember, like, following everything. When does another thing kind of come out? Like, so Go came out, Making Moves came out shortly after that. Check that out. Um, and then um, Tony left the band. I went to the show. That was my first concert. Was the um, Commit This to Memory tour, uh, which was which is weird because I was like 22 years old and I go to my first concert ever. Um, it's, whatever um and then when panic stations came out i remember like following everything when is when are things happening so i think it was right after the tour at the tour they had mentioned that that an album was coming out or maybe this maybe this was before the tour um i think this is actually before the tour i think this was promo around the time of the tour but this was the first track that was released as a single this was june 2015 the album came out in september of 2015 uh, so TKO and then Lose Control in August and it's a pleasure to meet you in, in August as well. And so the three singles, I vividly remember listening to these three singles and being not excited for this album. Uh-huh. Like specifically, like, uh, did Lose Control have a, Lose Control had a, a music video as well, right? Yes. Yeah, Lose Control a music video and then Pleasure to Meet You has the one that's like the animated one. Yeah, like they're like um, dolls or something. Yeah. Um so I remember I remember hearing these three tracks and being like not excited for this album at like very worried about this album not being what I what I wanted. Um like especially because Go was was an album that a lot of people didn't like and was in in many ways kind of a disappointment um just because it it moved to a different direction. So like Circuits and Wires sounds like the previous albums and and you know there's there's a lot of cool stuff in in Go and you know in hindsight it's a lot it's a lot better than it felt at the time um with uh like it's just it's just it's just a little indie rockier than than pop punky. Um so the stuff from from Panestations TKO Lose Control it's a pleasure to meet you like all just sounded like songs that i wouldn't that i didn't love and sounded like i was worried about the album um in hindsight uh i like it a lot more 
within the album than I liked it as a single. I don't know why they released it as a single personally. I think they probably should have put out Maybe I Can Feel You as a single. Um, Heavy Boots would have been a good single. Gravity would have been a good bo- single. Yeah, Heavy Boots would probably be, or Gravity would be yeah. a lot better singles from it. But I was, so yeah, so TKO Lose Control. And I, so I, I, but I, I vividly remember not, not being excited I, because I of kinda these singles. Get, I, I do get Lose Control as a single off of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get it. Um, but yeah, yeah, TKO. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, as we talked about, like I just listen to things I enjoy. So right. the, their their genre spanning has never really. I've never really thought much about it. Um, yeah, and it was it was certainly stuff that I was like, you know, it's not, it's not bad. It wasn't bad stuff. It was just like, it it was it was in a way a little bit worrying about like what what direction they were taking to me at the time and to a lot of people i remember complaining about it at the time as well um on the subreddit i think i don't remember if it was the subreddit or, or like if i was on like a forum or something i, I don't think I, was, I wasn't on like a motion city forum but i remember like reading comments on the internet i don't remember where but um you know once once the full album came out like first of all starting with anything at all is so killer i can feel it we've already talked about is, yep. is really really good uh and then like heavy boots it's just like and 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 like it makes sense in the flow of the album a song like tko coming after anything at all and a song like lose control coming after i can feel you and a song like it's a pleasure to meet you coming after heavy boots and before over it now but um as a separate single i i don't think it was a good single to release as a separate single um you know, I don't think it got people excited. I don't think it got. I don't think it got people like I. I. I know it got Motion City fans worried, and I. I would be willing to guess it got people who weren't like it wouldn't. It didn't really get people who were Motion City fans or like weren't Motion City fans to become Motion City fans. Um, however, like within the album, I think it's a good song. I think it worked out well. I. I, I don't dislike the song, but especially because it came out rough like two months before the next two singles came out three months three months before the next two singles came out so it was just these two this one song this was the one new song that's all that's all we had (laughs) and it was like i don't know that this is what i want um especially also after inside out so inside out was 2013 that was after tony left the first song with claudio so for for a good chunk of time the the only new song we had was Inside Out. There was the three the three songs on Making Moves and then Inside Out. And the, so, you know, what we heard was Inside Out. That was the, the quote-unquote, maybe the new Motion City sound. And then this song came out in June of 2015, two years later. And it was like, oh, is this the new sound? Is this the sound now? And then the next two songs came out and they sounded more like TKO than like the rest of panic stations i feel like those tko lose control it's a pleasure to meet you sound less like panic stations than the rest of panic stations <laughs> like i don't think i don't think they're good promo I, singles, I actually, personally i actually disagree with that i think i think the album while them uh, i guess you may say melodic structures of the songs differ pretty significantly mm-hmm. i think there's a really consistent sound across the entire album i don't know i just i feel like um is it it's heavy boots, right? That's long live the echoes of my despair dissolving into it's, nothing. I, I, I'd say it, there's something about how Justin sings, um, and also definitely something sure. I've 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 heard. I think I've listened to the album. I listened to it once today. I, I've been listening to the album a lot, um, 
And I guess in, in some ways you kind of think of it as like, well, of course, every song in an album is going to sound like that. Like, I don't think I've, I don't really think there's been a song where I'm like, this feels like it'd be on a different album. Um, but no, I, what what made me think about this in particular is that it feels like there are a lot of hallmarks of other albums sounds in tko and <laughs> despite that it does not sound like other albums so you have the yeah yeah i i, I mean I, I i agree with that i just don't think it sounds like it doesn't sound like like i wouldn't if if somebody wanted to know what this album was all about i wouldn't hand them tko i'd hand them heavy boots probably um or maybe over it now or i mean honestly i think i think every motion city album can be pretty well summed up by the first track except for go like you can't i don't think you can hand somebody circuits and wires and be like the holy album is like this yeah but i think you can hand somebody cambridge and tell them this is i in the movie and you can hand someone attractive today and tell them this is commit this to memory you know or you can hand someone felt fell in love without you and this is even kills me with that i have a little bit of hesitance about worker b um and and i i I don't know I buy that, but I feel like you can hand somebody well, a worker is, B and say, this is the saying. album. And this is definitely something to return to, but just, I feel like I, I'm, I'm just curious if there was meant to be a different order with, with my dinosaur life. I think, I think the only thing they ever said was they played the song and they said, this is the opener. Um, I, I feel like worker B like, especially cause you also get the, no, oh, oh, no, I know. I don't, I don't, I don't, like I, I don't the, think that, uh, I don't mean to like, no, I think worker B as the, as the opener. No, I'm not, I don't, I'm not. Right, right, no, but I, 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 just, I feel uh, like, I feel like, I feel like if, you know, p- part of an opener of an album, part of that is also like, this is what you're getting in this album, right? Part of it is, is kind of that. Um, not, not, it's not the whole thing that you, that you do, but that part of it is that. So I think personally, I think Motion City, all of the, all of the albums except for Go, the first song in the album is here's what's on the tin. You are going to get half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever of, something that sounds like this circuits and wires sounds doesn't really sound a lot like the rest of go but um otherwise i feel like the other the other five albums you're kind of being told what you're going to get on the tin from that first track um which is i mean it's a separate point than the one i was making um uh you know like if they don't want to make anything at all the, the lead single i get that right you make it but i i would still make it i think i think i would probably have gone with heavy boots i and think heavy is, boots uh, is, is making is, me think of a, of a of a callback i think the first time i mentioned 21 pilots in in several episodes uh back in 2018 2017 i think it was 2018 when uh when trench their most recent album released the first two singles off of it was jumpsuit which is the beginning song and the song nico and the niners which is the ninth track and i don't i i feel like there wasn't there was some debate back then um about the order because it wasn't known what the what like everybody guessed that nico and the niners would be the ninth track because that's Mm -hmm. the sort of thing tyler would do and, and it was um but I feel like I remember, like my speculation was that jumpsuit was was the opener, because that's just well, that's kind of what it felt like. And also there was a, a callback with that to um, the opener of their previous album. And I, I, I mean, it depends on on you know the way the way bands do, right? So because because I'm looking at at first of all, Twenty One Pilots has six singles, you know, off Blurry Face. Um, and six off of 
off of trench and like some some of it is also to keep the keep the um album in memory right because like it was uh, the album came out in october of 2018 there were four singles before and two singles after that's that's for trench blurry face uh three singles before four singles after and one of the singles after was stressed out right which is the the big one um like that's that's the uh, blew up yeah the yeah their biggest song period um like (laughs) bar none uh whereas motion city you know as a smaller band um especially at this time panic stations there were no singles after the album came out go there were no singles after the album came out my dinosaur life uh there was one lifeless ordinary came was a single that came out in november of 2010 the album came out in january of 2010 so i think it's 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 also some level of um and even if it kills me there was also one after the uh, album came out but like each album has two to three singles um as opposed to a more you know successful like 21 pilots is objectively a more successful band than motion city soundtrack um has more singles off of each album because it's just more likely to get radio play um and that's another thing right so like you might hear you i don't know i think i think there's also some level of you know an early single a pre-release single is trying to drum up excitement and a post-release single is trying to drum up sales right so if we look at like a taylor swift album let me see what uh um uh, on 1989 right 1989's first single was shake it off Mm -hmm. uh and then the album came out uh, two months later and then Blank Space with the next single, right? Which makes sense. Shake It Off is drums up excitement. Blank Space drums up sales. That's what you're doing in pop. That's what you're doing when, when you're getting lots of sales. But I, but looking at, you know, like all the Motion City stuff comes out before. So it's all drumming up excitement. Nothing drumming up sales. Um, which is interesting. And, and I, it, I don't it, know. It obviously, it helps though, like when you're, when you're 21 Pilots, when you're Taylor Swift and you've got that single that... Right. I mean, you literally just said that radio play. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, looking at the same, same thing, looking at Blink, uh, Feeling This was the first single, and then the next three singles came out after the album came out on, on the album Blink-182. Um, Neighborhoods, same thing. One, oh no, Neighborhoods both came out before the album, but that was also the reunion album, so that had enough hype to begin with. Um, California, one before, two after. Nine. Nine was four before five before all five came out before the album came out um but that was also that album also got pushed back a couple times so i don't know if that was supposed to happen the way it happened <laughs> um because i remember blaming on my youth coming out and being like the album's gonna come out in july and the album ended up coming out in september so um <laughs> i think part of it was trying to keep people uh like hey this album's still coming out um, but yes, when you're, when you're getting radio play like that, you can, you have one album, one song to be like, Hey guys, remember we got an album coming out. And then three songs to be like, Hey guys, remember we had an album come out by that album. Um, so when you, when you are of the size of motion city, it's all, 
it's all I feel like just trying to to build the hype. And I just I feel like personally, and I, and we can we can move on this topic now because we're just, we've just been sort of been circling <laughs> on the same topic. Uh, I feel like personally, TKO w- wasn't good at building the hype. And I think there are certainly other songs in this album. I mean, you know, we played "I Can Feel You" for Alex, and he was immediately like, "Yo, this song is fucking sick." And he's not a fan of the band, right? Like, yeah, should have been. Maybe- that should have been the first single. <laughs> It's hard to know that that was going to be that kind of reaction, but we got that reaction off of somebody who's not a fan of this band, right? And he immediately was like, this is sick, and (sighs) this reminds me of the pop punk and emo stuff that I loved as a youth, and that, I feel like, is the zone that Motion City kind of... I don't remember what they've said about the recording process, about when the songs were coming. Like, Did they have the full album by the time they were doing promotion? They recorded the whole album in 14 days. Okay, so they did in 14 days. So they could have put out a different song as the, as the lead up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is also so because uh, there was a big thing going on at this time, too, with this album. Um, this is this is the one era of history that I spe- of Motion City history that I specifically remember. Uh, there was a big thing when this album was coming out that they said, listen, all of our friends in the industry tell us that we're really, really great live. And why don't we track our albums live? They'd always been tracking their album the sort of the more traditional way. You know, the, the drummer comes in, then the guitarist comes in, then the bassist comes in, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but like, why don't you just rehearse and track the whole thing live? So that's what this album was. This whole, this whole album was tracked live. Um, they wrote the songs together and and like they came in and they just, they that's so that's why the, it was took 14 days to record right because they just came in and basically played the album um and just like played the songs and then and you know obviously there's engineering and stuff done after that um but so this was all tracked live so it was one that they that they basically had done pretty much right away they recorded it in June of 2014 uh and recorded the whole album within 14 days and this first song was released in June of 2015 so a year after they recorded the album so there's yeah there's certainly there's almost no way they couldn't have put out a different single first if they wanted yeah, I to wonder why it took uh, so, so they, they between, were they shopping it around uh I don't know but I think that happens sometimes so go was released June June to October of 2011 released in June of 2012 so yeah um, I don't know if they were shopping it around or what, but so go go is still the everything's individually it also, so tracked. The, I mean, they, it also came out after their tour. They they did the tenth anniversary tour January January February of twenty fifteen, and then extended the tour through August of twenty fifteen, and then the album came out September of twenty fifteen. So it might have been a little bit of that. I bet I bet that 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 does sound like it could explain a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, this is this is that sort of like not exactly confirmation bias but this is me seeking an, an explanation but it's like is the fact that they that they recorded every song live am i picking that up and why i think all of these songs have a have a distinct feel to them i mean i think i think that's that's almost certainly part of it right like i think it it, it helps that well there's also a fact the fact that they so they it's they say they wrote all of the songs together um Let's see. For the band's previous few records, the songwriting methods involved sending audio files back and forth to one another. Panic Station was an attempt to break away from that method by writing the songs together rather than apart. Engulfed in writing for the album in the second half of 2013, we're nearly set to record that October before there was an undisclosed setback. Entered the studio with dozens of song ideas, maybe 50 in total, according to Pierre. Dang. Uh, Agne- 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 John Agnello uh, advised the band to track the entire album live. Um... 
capture the energy of the live performances and less critical of musical mistakes and recording in the interest of just having fun, which is interesting because like I don't know I, I I I see what you're see where you're coming from. I don't know that they like. I guess it says trying to capture the feel of a, of playing of, of the group's live performances, and I don't think this album necessarily does that. Um, which is you know that, I mean, that's fine. I, I, the, again, this is like like I'm primed to think this. Having of what we know, but having been to many of the live performances, I don't think it got 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 that feel. Um, personally, oh, oh, oh. None, I obviously, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not not that it's not uh, that like not that it's bad, and nothing, nothing like that. I just like I feel like if that was the goal, they didn't necessarily meet <laughs> that goal. Well, part, um, part of that's it, just like because like, because because by the way, it would be dope if they'd met that goal. Like because the, the live shows are sick. It's just gonna I be a different, a different. In- okay, so like part of it is when you're seeing them play it live, it's necessarily going to be a different energy because oh, it's the guys. Absolutely live and you're in the crowd and you've like 100%. you've gone like in your case you drove up to milwaukee to see them and there's there's but like there's... In, in so like because i but i i have like gone on youtube and watched there's two or three like professionally shot live performances and obviously there you still get like the crowd environment it's really like it's really annoying that they haven't done a live album because i know live albums aren't necessarily better but like like I, some people hate live albums because like why would you listen to them do it worse which i get right but like there is <laughs> there is a, an a legitimate enjoyment to the live show. Like I like I, so there's a podcaster I listen to. Um, he's not a music podcaster. He just, he's just does, you know, but they'll talk, it's a comedy show. They'll talk about whatever. Um, so he's talked about live albums. Sometimes he's like, look, I get the experience of going to a concert. Like I, that's great. Absolutely. Going to a live show. That's an experience. You're going there. You're experiencing with people, but why you do listen to a live album? Because you're not getting that experience and they're playing the songs worse, which I get in some <laughs> ways. I totally get that. However, like I have, I have listened to certain live albums um that are just like they're just high energy and fun and sometimes they play the songs a little differently it's like um the mark tom and travis show which is blink 182's live album is like is a fun record they they place the songs a little differently they they mess around with it a little bit that's fun with it but with motion city like they play the songs pretty much the same live as they played them in studio but there's there is just something to the energy of hearing the live recordings that are on youtube there's the live in sydney mosh cam and there's the there's um uh, the Atlanta Wrecking Ball one are the two big ones that I that I'll listen to from time to time. Um, and it's just like it's you you do kind of get that vibe from an, from a live recording, and obviously part of that is the audience. You actually do have the actual physical audience there. Um, but like I I I don't I don't get the vibe from this album that I get from that live in Sydney Mosh Cam, which. Again, that vibe, part of that vibe does come from hearing the audience play, well, the hearing the audience sing along and, and clap along and, and scream and whatever. And that and that's I get that I totally get that. Um, and th- that's not a knock on the album. It's just it's just like I said, if that was the goal, then, uh, <laughs> then they didn't quite meet that goal. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you've 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 heard them live. I I haven't. Uh, you know, the most recent concert I went to was Twenty One Pilots, which is. A bit it was a bit of a different affair, being on the floor of the Scott Trade Center versus the. Uh, I don't remember what it was called in in Milwaukee. The it was oh, the, in Milwaukee, it's the Eagles Rave Club, but the pageant was the one in St. Louis yeah, that you yeah, literally yeah. bought a ticket to and didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, well, what, I was thinking about two things, and and this this does kind of tie in. So something you've mentioned a lot is that they will change their songs when they play them live. They will he'll, they'll do something different with the music. They'll do something different with the lyrics. And when you are set up for the expectation of how a song is going to go, and he subverts it, then that that's going to play into the live experience, right? Like, right. If you, well, I just said it, um, but that did make me think of a very famous uh live set the daft punk alive especially live 2007 which i have in my my music library and that is in front of a crowd the crowd energy is really great in it and you hear them like when they recognize a particular song coming up the the cheers rise at the beginning of the album when they're coming on you know they got the right the, the huge cheering um I I guess I guess what what your your thing of it is as they are we're trying to make the album like it was a live performance. No, it's it's just, um, it's I, I get I understand it's it's we're trying to get like capture the vibe, capture the no, energy, no, what, capture what, what the I, what vibe. I, what I'm saying is I'm what what I what I guess I'm 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 I feel like I'm perceiving, and again this is something that I've been primed to think um, because we just discussed is that it sounds to me like they are all playing together, not. Right like it but that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking oh there's something about this album oh they played it all together well that must be it right like that's that's feeding into that that conclusion but that i i really do feel like that's what i hear in it which is they're playing together um sure there i there's definitely something to the the sound on it that i would say is i only hear on panic stations and it being the only right the only one they tracked live Correct. Um, yeah. That, See, it's uh, interesting. I, I I didn't personally hear that, but that might just be. I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I like I've. Maybe it's because I knew from the get go, and I was listening for it to start with, and didn't hear it to begin with, so it never really like click with what, me. Was it my dinosaur life that Claudio did did drumming on the recording on? My dinosaur life, not on the. I mean, I don't think he was on the recording. Claudio Claudio tracked the drums, and then Tony came in and replaced the drums that Claudio did. Claudio did backing vocals on um, Cubert. So wait, wait, so so he came up, so wait, does that mean Claudio came up with the drums on My Dinosaur Life, or Tony still did that too? And, and, and No, so, so Claudio did the drums that everybody played to, and then they took the drums out of the track, uh, and Tony wrote a new drum part to the song that already, so the songs were written, <laughs> the songs were written to Claudio's drums, but the drum parts, uh, have none of Claudio in them. Oh, Tony want, didn't listen to Claudio's man, parts. I want to. I want to hear the Claudio, the, uh, the Claudio versions of the My Dinosaur well, Life so, songs. That'd be interesting, uh, right? I, yeah. I, That'd be cool. I, okay, on TKO, which which I I do like the drums on this. I like the drums on anything at all as well. I feel like they're they really get in there. Um, a very high energy. Um, but they do sound different. And I'm, I'm, or, or again, is that am I, am I, do I feel like I sound different, or do they sound different? And is it because his meth is different? Have you, have you looked at the kits? Do they have the same kit? I have no idea, but, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do because Claudio was Tony's drum tech. Like Claudio, the reason that Claudio did drums on, he did, I think, on Go too, right? We talked one of the Go songs we talked about. Um, Claudio did uh, track drums on that too before Tony came in on it. Um, I think it was the worst is yet to come. I could be wrong, um, but uh, yeah. So, so 
like he was already close with the band. He was Tony's drum tech, so I wouldn't be surprised if they used the same kit. These do look like the same kit. I, yeah, like I Which said, I, I, I wouldn't I, I, be surprised. I, 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 just, it's just I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I mean, it can be, yeah, it can make it can do, it can certainly make a a similarity thing, and like it, it doesn't hurt that uh, again because he teched for. Tony for I don't know exactly how long but definitely for a significant amount of time mm-hmm. for him to you know he 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 came in knowing the knowing the sound of the band you know probably better than anybody outside of the anybody else outside yeah, of the yeah. band you know so so he he knew what Motion City drums sounded like um which is which is a big help for you know especially for like live shows and stuff is it's it's kind of hard to notice the difference between Claudio and Tony playing those parts, and and you know, you could you could say Cl- Tony is is better at at writing drum parts, right? Like I, there's no there's no particular drum parts in Panic Stations that like jump out to me as like this is incredible, uh, whereas like something like Time Turned Fragile, um, like jumps out to me as this is incredible, right? And and Claudio plays it very very well like i've i've watched claudio play time turn fragile live at least twice and watched videos of him playing it like he does it well you know no no knock on claudio's playing ability um and i'm not making a particular knock on his on his songwriting ability either it's just that uh you know there there is certain things that is like that you know you you can hear tony write drum parts and some of them are just fucking sick <laughs> you know and uh and i've heard a lot less of Claudio's drum written parts, right? It's just these twelve songs and Inside Out, so thir- thirteen songs or fourteen songs or whatever. You know, if we include like Everything Is Fine, which is a song I've heard maybe twice. Um, you know, otherwise, like I, I don't even know if he was on an album of Saves the Day when he was with Save the Day. Like, I don't know what other bands he was with off the top of my head, and they're not bands that I've listened to, so I don't know his stuff as well as I know Tony's stuff. But I do know that Tony wrote some fucking sick stuff. <laughs> But like, I, I don't want to get into like like Tony versus Claudia debates. I don't think there are that's many Claudia, what, Tony versus Claudia debates. Here. I just, I just, I just want to. I, I don't want. I don't. Just trying to help rep for Claudio. Who? I, I want. Yeah, I want. I want. I have. I I love Claudio. Claudio's great. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have nothing but love for Claudio Rivera. Um, and uh, and we talk a lot about about how uh, political Claudio's Twitter is, and uh, boy, his Twitter is political as <laughs> shit right now. Uh, Fire! And I and it's great. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Like it's it's funny the the, the, the difference between Claudio's and Tony's Twitters because Tony Tony has also been getting a little more political than he was in the past. But like there's like a little bit of it, and then Claudio's is like, we need to f- <laughs> like overthrow <laughs> the government, um, which is like yeah man, yeah. <sighs> I like these guys. Good guys. All right, so let's let's talk real quick uh, about some song meaning stuff. Um, Did you find there's not really <laughs> no, but it's it's it seems pretty straightforward, right? Like the it's <laughs> it's uh, some sort of relationship, whether it's a, a like relationship with drugs. I thought it could be that too. Relationship with oh you know what never mind you're right relationship with drugs got to be relationship with drugs I, I I can see it going either way I, I felt there was some ambiguity now yeah but I, I I always forget about the drug thing but like I cut you out and safely discarded you away then you came back and sprang your attack on my parade my best of intentions left me defeated in the end I had the guts but clearly it went to my head um, tell you the truth I don't mind the abuse anymore it's not about you it's the damage I long to endure yeah. That yeah, that does actually feel very well. I mean, I don't know relationships that are destructive, but you, that that's also a thing yeah, that no, comes I mean, up. 
it could be a destructive relationship or like like a, a an abusive relationship but i feel like well drugs aren't abusive I feel relationship like, so like kind of right yeah drugs aren't abusive relationship right and i feel like that just sort of kind of makes the most sense yeah can, can um, definitely see that i feel that yeah, I, I I I think that's really got to be it. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as my first my first thought was a relationship, but I think I think, I mean, it just it really tracks really well with drugs. What's interesting is so this song again another another thing about this song that I think um, uh, led to the concern is that like lyrically, I don't think this song is all that great, right? Like it's 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 you keep knocking me out repeated a lot. Yep. Each verse is two lines. Um, and that's really about it. <laughs> like, there's not really a lot to this song, so I think I think that's really what caused a lot of concern early on, before we before we um heard it in the rest of the album, about this song maybe not being as good. You know, it's it's funny. It's just I, I like there are a lot of pop songs that that are even more simple than this, but the expectation oh, is sure. that. But this, yeah, the expectation with with Justin is certainly. Of course, there, <laughs> there are simple be... there are simple pop songs that I love the heck out of. You know, uh-huh. I you know I I just it's just with Justin you're kind of like expecting yeah him to write a lot. Um, is this the simplest song he's ever like on an album? Like the simplest um, structurally. Uh man, I I can't think off the top of my head of of one that's that's particularly simpler which is again which again you know to to my earlier point that it's not necessarily the best uh hype song for an album <laughs> that it's that it's so simple from somebody who's so well known for their lyric writing but uh yeah uh as far as covers go maybe maybe because of the songwriting there weren't a lot of covers there were no covers that we found <laughs> of this song in fact uh what we did find was um, they played the song live at The Current uh, in in Minneapolis, I believe, right? Is where The Current is. Um, Probably. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's in Minnesota, um, so it's it's a local one. So so let me play a little bit of that here. Uh, there's not really much different compared to the album version. Um, especially because they track this whole album live and this is just them playing the song live on their regular instruments, but uh, I'll play it here. Really, that's another thing. Actually, that this, so this reminds me too that the the sort of like the whoa 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 like it's just it's six empty syllables. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> I don't know. Like like it's it's two empty syllables from Justin, then two empty syllables from Matt, then two more empty syllables from Justin. That's just like I'm I'm. It's really surprising from from this band. Uh, for something like that, you know, you know what I'm saying. Am I am I crazy here? <laughs> that like that that in another song it would feel like, like maybe it would be like, you know, I cut you out and safely discarded you away. Some something, some some, whoa, right? Like one whoa instead of three whoa's. Uh, 
like in um I think Capital H, we when we did Capital H, the uh the live acoustic set of that, there was a big whoa every time, but that was because they didn't have the Moog part, right? The whoa replaced the Moog part. So that makes sense, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to call it lazy, <laughs> you know? It just seems like it's it's less than usual. Um than than what he's song on on uh it's on lose on lose control. They do the same thing. Whoa, whoa! It's time to lose control. Control. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, yeah. I'll, I, I think it might. You know, uh, and lose control is another single off this album. The next single off this album, in fact, was lose control, and that had that is another one that I was not too excited about. Right, like. <laughs> Even if it was like, let's go, let's go, it's time to lose control. Like, that would even be a little bit some, more of something, I feel. But, whoa, whoa, is like, did you, did you have nothing to put there? You know, like, I mean, not necessarily, maybe yeah, there could be something to it. But I just, I feel like it's almost just like, all right, man, like, there's, there's more. You could put more in here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But personally, uh, that's the, those, I mean, those are the big things that, that like, I go back and listen and I'm just like, yeah, like, where is the, the additional artistry <laughs> that I'm so used to with Justin? Like, like, so, so, you know, in this song, they use whoa, whoa in the middle of like a non-filler segment in the song, right? And then you go back to back to the beat off of one of the first EPs. And what do they fill break in one and two? Electric Boogaloo, right? Like this, it's this. It's almost the same cadence too. Whoa, Electric Boogaloo, like <laughs> it's the same amount of time he fits six syllables of a word. Electric Boogaloo, six <laughs> syllables of a word into the same sort of period <laughs> as compared to like a whoa, whoa, <laughs> like what is that? That's so. I don't know. I don't know. I like this album. <laughs> but um this might be this might be the first time that uh that we've done this show and i've come out of it maybe liking the song less than i did before (laughs) (laughs) i i I do not feel the same i would say that i like it it, the same as before Um, i think i think maybe maybe i liked it less early and then i liked it more when the album came out and now again listening to it alone is is what has caused me to a little bit like like it less again. So I think I think I'm sort of back to where I think I'm sort of back to where I was when I was listening to it as a single, right? Which makes makes sense because I'm um, the last couple of days I've been listening to it as a single. But before that, I never listen. I never sat down and said I'm going to listen to TKO, right? I might sit down and say I'm going to listen to Time Turn Fragile. I might sit down and say I'm going to listen to Everything Is All Right. But I've never sat down and said I'm going to listen to TKO. Um, I've listened to Panic Stations all the way through and been like, this is a great album. I've listened to, he- sat down and just saying, I'm going to listen to Heavy Boots. But I think TKO is a song that doesn't doesn't play that well listening to Completely Alone, um, where uh, where other songs might. And so, and that I think really harmed it as a single, coming out as a single, uh, as a song that's like, here's a song you're going to listen to on repeat. And maybe it's a song that doesn't play all that well when you're just listening to like, what's with the fucking woos? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I, I just, I, I think maybe now I'm, I'm coming back around to this was a bad single. <laughs> a good song, uh, a bad single, which is, which is a, certainly I, a thing I that can, can ag- happen. Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, I can agree with that. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I think that's where I was a while ago, and that's where I've come back around to. I, I don't dislike the I don't song. Like, I don't like the term bad. I, I, a, a suboptimal single. Um, sure. I will say bad. <laughs> bad as a single, right? Like, it, I don't think it does its job as a single suboptimal. well at all. Like, I, I, sure, sub suboptimal, fine. <laughs> but I just like... Um, I don't know. What if, you, what, what if it had been like Broken Arrow or Samurai Code? Broken Arrow, I think, would have been great. Samurai Code is a song that I just... I feel like I have zero... Man, I I, I don't want to. I I hate shitting on Panic Stations. I hate shitting on Go because I like those albums. I like the records just fine. But Samurai Code is a song that I right now in this moment could not tell you a lyric from. Um, I was, I was thinking you were going that way because that was exactly what I was thinking. Which is like, how does that song go? Which happens every time I listen to it. If you go on YouTube. And uh, look for Samurai Code covers. There's one, and it's me. And I cannot tell you how that song goes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I did the cover for this. Uh, I had a dream. Oh, no, I like Samurai Code. I just I don't think Samurai Code, they hope for the best, but the best always leave you behind. I don't think that would have been a... I don't think it would have been a bad... Yeah, I don't think it would have been bad. Um, but <laughs> I feel like I feel like it has the same problem. Samurai Code and I can feel you have a similar problem where they're where they're badly titled because I can feel you is said in the song, and it makes you think of the part of the of I can feel you that goes I can feel you. What, which what, is, you, what would you name? What would you name it? I don't know off the top of my head, but I, what I'm saying is, is is I can like that's not the part of I can feel you that I like, uh, which means. But when I think of I can feel you, my first thought is that part of the song, like. Well, when I think of everything is all right, my first like, oh yeah, everything is all right. Yeah, I like that. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. I can't wait to find you. It's kind of a long title, but hate that I'm alone. I think I can. I think I can feel you's fine. I think I can feel you's fine. But my 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 only problem is that like the I can feel you tonight ad nauseum is kind of the worst part of that song. I don't. I don't find find it ad, ad nauseum. I, I, Whatever. I disagree. You, you know what I mean. I, I I just think it's. I think it's the worst part of of a of a really good song. I think that's the part that I like. Yeah, I don't love this part of the song. It's not. It's not that it's ad nauseum particularly. It's just that that it, like they just repeat it a lot, and then and then it becomes the bed for the best part of the song. I never know who I am. I only know what I'm not because I didn't make any sense. Doesn't follow the plot. Um, uh, for the plot, whatever. Uh, which you know, like I, I get that, but like for for me, when I think of I can feel you. I never think like when so listening to this song as part of the album TKO uh, it's the next song started it was all this time I've wasted waiting for the world to end and I forgot that that song was I can feel you like I was listening to I can feel you and I forgot that I was listening to I can feel you <laughs> because I forgot that 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 the song that starts all this time I've wasted waiting for the world to end is the song that goes I can feel you to which is by the way to the point of um uh, don't call it a comeback that's, last week. The, that's the point of the song. I understand. No, the point of the song is I can't wait to find you. I really hit that I'm alone. Um, 
but I get it. I understand. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, to, to Alex's point, like, it kind of feels like three different songs. It kind of feels like an EP in itself, right? Like, I Can Feel You feels like it's different parts of different songs. Um, and the I Can Feel You part, the, the part, the specifically the I Can Feel You part, because the I Can Feel You becomes the bed for the the sort of patter part that, that, I, that, that we all really loved. Um, but the I Can Feel You part specifically, I feel like is, is the part of the song I don't love, is the I can feel you tonight. I can feel you. And like just keeps going with that. Um, and that part I don't love. Um, and that's what I think of when I read the title, I Can Feel You. Uh, whereas with Samurai Code, I read the title and I, I really think of nothing. <laughs> like, I don't think of any part of that. That one's that one's tough too, though. Because like, what do you call Anchor and Stay? Uh, hope for the best. Hope for the uh, best, actually. I kind of like hope. No no hope for the best. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. Titling a song is difficult. As, like, as somebody who's written one song ever and uh, could, literally could not think of a title for it until like, two years into the songwriting process um and and by the way the title of the song has is is not in the lyrics of the song <laughs> it's actually it's um this this so the the song that i that i wrote is uh it's a breakup song and it's not i haven't like i i want to go and record it and put it out at some point but um the the lyrics are um at some point it was called like shut me down which which was just like it was a, a working title because that's a lyric in the song but uh uh my official title for it right now is goodbye the end which is a reference to last night the motion city song from even if it kills me uh this is goodbye this is the end uh so i'm like i, I kind of like that as a song title but I can imagine somebody being like, goodbye the end. What fucking song is that? Like, I don't know what song that is because it's not said anywhere in the song. Uh, but it, it does give you the feel of the song. I feel like Samurai Code doesn't necessarily give me the feel of the song. Neither does I can feel you personally. But TKO, TKO is a song that I know right away when I read TKO. I know this is that song that was the first single off the album that I didn't like and then liked in the album and now will be like, mm, maybe I didn't like it as much. Uh <laughs> I always feel bad though, because I, I do like this song just fine, but I just I think it's not a song. Not every song needs to be a good song outside of the album. Like not every song needs to be a song you listen to outside of the album. It's a good song, but it's a song that is like this is an album song. This is not a I'm gonna sit down and listen. To, like you might sit down and listen to LG Fwad. You might sit down and listen to even if it kills me. You might sit down and listen to this is for real, but like you might not sit down and listen to the conversation you might not sit down and listen to hello helicopter um calling all cops right like there's there's certain songs on the best motion city albums that you might not just sit down and be like i want to sit down and listen to delirium um i've done that i mean you might like some songs maybe you do maybe you don't delirium delirium, (laughs) no that's the only one i'd be like yeah calling cops nope hello helicopter nope (laughs) Disappear is a song that a lot of people love. I, I think it was a, Same a with single, and I just don't like Disappear. Actually, you know, on, on that note, I feel like mine like probably has the most. Well, no, that's not true. No, I don't think so. Uh, I no, think... Well, first of all, I wasn't going to say that for broadly. I was going to say that for myself. And second of all, no. Well, it's it's kind of, why I would say more like this. It's like if I put on Commit This to Memory, I'm like, okay, listen to it through all the way through, or uh, especially. Uh, 
even if it kills me. But my, I do my, find see, actually, so my problem just... with Commit This to Memory is there's so many songs on the Commit This to Memory that I would that I would sit down and listen to one by one. That when I want to sit down and listen to them one by one, I'm like, well, I might as well just start with. Like I, I think one time I want to sit down and listen to LGFY, and then I'm like, well, then I might as well listen to Time Turn Fragile. I was like, well, I might, I might as well listen to Makeout Kids, and then I just listen to the whole I might album. Might as well listen to I Am the Movie. <laughs> Honestly, not that far off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I, you know, t- for sure, I, I, uh, I like th- that. That that is a record that that I think there's I think there's no bad songs on Commit This to Memory for me personally. Um, but uh, but I might not just sit down and listen to Together We'll Ring in the New Year, right? Like, that, that's a song that, like, it's a great song, but I'm not going to sit down and be like, I want to listen to Together We'll Ring in the New Year. Like, even to Ring in the New Year, I'm more likely to listen to Resolution um, than Together We'll Ring in the New Year or listen to the album and, and schedule it so that Together We'll Ring in the New Year comes at midnight, you know? Um, but, yeah. I uh, I don't know. Hold me down, though. That's definitely a song I will listen to time after time alone. Um, okay, I think that's it. I think we're good um, talking well, about think, this. Well, I, I did. I did want to go back to the to the the segment of the bridge where you have the moog and the and the drums going back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was what <laughs> talked about like thirty minutes ago. Um, but yeah, I, that 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 I love. That I feel is is very good drumming. Uh, and I like that, especially since since you mentioned they were recording it live that they were, you know, the, like the the call and answer and then the playing together with the drums and the moog. I love a lot. Right. Um, yeah. The the yeah. And especially the drums going. That, um, you know, like I, I agree. I think that's the best part of this song. <laughs> And yep. then when he comes in at the bridge as well, the to tell you the truth, I don't mind the abuse anymore. Yeah, I, I agree that that is that is probably the best part of this song. That is a good song that I do like. Uh, <laughs> to make that abundantly clear, I like the song. <laughs> I just don't see myself sitting down and listening to it alone with the album. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Even, I, you know, honestly, it's not just not just agreed. Even when I was listening to it, it was typically a lot of my listens were because I was just listening to the album or because I'd started with anything at all. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think it's, I think it's a great bridge between anything at all and I can feel you. Right. Um, you know, and we even talked sort of a little bit about like last week with, uh, with Don't Call It a Comeback, right? Where like even Don't Call It a Comeback has to start kind of start with the end of the preceding song, which I'm forgetting what the preceding song was right now. Um, uh, Boombox Generation, right? When they, when they yeah, played, yeah. when they played, don't call it a comeback live in that one live we listened to, it started with the end of Boombox Generation, which like yep. sometimes that's what makes sense. Um, in, in uh, t- sort of a little, a Broadway thing in Hamilton, um, the, the, Hamilton is a, is a sung through a musical, so there's there's some part. Basically, if you if you buy the album, if you listen to the album, you are hearing almost everything that's on stage. There's a, there's a couple things here and there, and there's some interstitials, uh, but for the most part, you're hearing everything as it is on stage. Um, but there is the end of the track, Aaron Burr, sir, 
and the beginning of the track, My Shot, one track goes right into the next. And whenever they do My Shot live, they start with the end of Aaron Burser. Even if they didn't do Aaron Burser, it starts with the moment in Aaron Burser that Lawrence Lafayette and Mulligan come in. That's what My Shot starts with when they're performing it. Um, and they're doing it separately from uh, from an actual, like, perform. you know, they're not doing the actual play they're just singing it um so like when they did it at the white house they they did my shot but my shot started with uh i'm john lawrence in the place to be like that's where it started um Mm. as opposed to on the album the song my shot starts with i am not throwing away my shot um so it's uh i don't know it's interesting um i think i think that's you know that's just that's just sort of how sequencing goes sometimes it's like sometimes the sequencing is so good and so accurate that you actually have to start with the end of the previous song. Otherwise, <laughs> um, it doesn't even make sense anymore. Uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, Cambridge Shiver. Cambridge flows right into Shiver on I Am The Movie. Yeah. And, it uh, might, as well be one, might as well be one song to me. And uh, Attractive Today, like the end of Attractive Today goes right into the beginning of Everything Is Alright. And, yep. and, you know, like there's, it's, it's, it's not as much as the last, I think it's a crash symbol. Uh, the last crash symbol starts the crash on everything is all right, but yep. um, you know, so like when they play it live, they just start like they don't have that crash, but like some some songs on some of the albums, and and you know, Motion City is not the only band to ever do this, obviously. Um, actually, um, Holiday, Holiday in Boulevard and Broken Dreams from Green Day is, I think, the first song that I ever heard it on. I know it's existed before that, obviously, but Boulevard and Broken Dreams uh, starts with the last um, the last chord of Holiday. Um, and I think, in fact, it is the, like, I think some versions of the album call it one song, Holiday slash Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, like, I think the last time I listened to it on YouTube, it was they were together holiday slash boulevard yeah uh yeah that's just uh that's just kind of how it is sometimes uh all right is that it jake you got none thoughts now i like i like it i like you know what we didn't even mention this this feels like the song where you can hear matt sing the most which i like that is so true oh man i just just completely completely, i did think about that (laughs) i completely forgot about that i thought about that i meant to say that and i think i completely forgot about that obviously you can hear matt singing the most because they tracked it through live <laughs> so it's not when you're like is this matt is this is this justin singing again or is this matt singing no they tracked it through live it has to be matt or or josh but we see it's matt it's got to be matt damn yeah you're it also, right it also just sounds like he comes through it the most i agree but yeah 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 Okay, now now I have none thoughts. All right, so yes, that's it. <laughs> I thank you for this episode of Motion City Podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Kuhan. Jake is at the Boredom Line. Uh, the show is at Motion City Pod. The band is at Motion City Music. Um, we are on Instagram. We never post on Instagram ever, but we have an Instagram. <laughs> uh, we're gonna post there again sometime. But uh, you know, find It'll Motion City Pod on Instagram. When they're they're touring with their new album, and people are allowed to do things again. And we'll have a picture to show. Yeah, sure. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to psychically put that into the put world. it into the universe, man. I agree. Let's do it. Let's put it. Put it out there. Uh, make it happen. Make it happen, world. Um, we'll we'll post on Instagram. Uh, the next our next post on Instagram is when we have one of the uh, members of the band on the show. <laughs> uh, maybe before then, but uh, definitely then. We might have one before that, but I doubt it. 
uh, we will definitely have a post when when someone from the band is on the show because that will be uh, that will be the next big thing to happen. Um, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, we don't have enough subscribers to have a vanity link yet, but if you just search Motion City Podcast on YouTube, all of the episodes of the show are up there now. Um, so listen to them there. If you want to like introduce us to a friend, uh, that's a good way to introduce us to a friend, I guess. Um, I think, you know, follow the band on everything. Josh is, it's Chudy on Twitter. He's probably still streaming now. For sure. He'll probably be streaming for another couple hours. Yeah. Yeah, he is indeed still streaming now. Uh, <laughs> uh, when we started this podcast, uh, like seven days ago, uh, Josh was streaming, and he still is. <laughs> you didn't hear. So uh, peel back behind the curtain. Nobody heard of this uh, in the podcast recording, but there was about a half an hour in the middle that uh, we had to do some tech troubleshooting. Um, so that all got cut out, but uh, but it definitely happened. So um, <laughs> the magic of editing. Uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Oh yeah, we have a inst- uh, uh, Patreon as well. patreoncom pod But instead of donating to our Patreon, donate to uh, Campaign Zero. I'm sure there are endless links right now on your various social medias. Yes, there's there's so many of them. Um, I my. I so I, I do a, a live stream uh, pub quiz on on YouTube and and Twitch. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash speakeasy pub quiz. YouTube.com slash SSJ Kuhan. Follow me on Twitter, or you'll see all the details there. Um, uh, we our winning team last week. We we now make enough on our Patreon for Speakeasy Pub Quiz to offer prizes. Our winning team on Patreon uh, last week uh, said they wanted us to donate to the transgender law center's black lgbtqia plus migrant project so we donated all of our patreon earnings for last week uh not only their prize the second place prize also said to donate the money and uh joe and i donated our portion of the funds as well to uh the blmp so if you want to donate there uh you want to match our donation uh that's that is transgenderlawcenter.org slash program slash blmp but there are plenty of good uh, and worthwhile charities to donate to right now, so do that. Do not, don't give us money, uh, or do if you want to. If you can do both, do both, but donate to like a real, <laughs> like a good charity first. <laughs> that is so much more important <laughs> than than this bullshit. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. That is uh, that'll do it. I think for this episode of Motion City Podcast. Until next time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You keep knocking me out. I can't get up. You keep knocking me out. I'll just get down. You keep knocking me out.